My new book is out on Audible, How to Be a Capitalist Without Any Capital. You can grab it right now. Here's what a user Thomas Lornaviticus said. Latka is the real deal, five stars. Hey, Nathan, I just listened to your podcast with JLD. You killed it. I saw your book earlier last week and thought, meh, I'll wait when Kindle costs $1.99 or whatever, as I have over 150 books to catch up with. But then I sensed that this book may have something I need right now. I bought it for full price, but didn't really start reading it. Then talking with JLD, you mentioned that the strategies may not work if you wait. And that's so true. I read it. I'm feeling pumped to devour it even more. Thank you for sharing it all and kicking ass. Guys, all of you that listen to the podcast, you are the reason I wrote the book. SaaS CEOs, founders, entrepreneurs, go grab it today at capitalistbook.com. Especially if you like audio, go grab the audible version right now. Again, capitalistbook.com. Power of persistence. Carbon Black launched over a decade ago. He joined the team about 10 years ago when they were only doing about 100 grand in ARR. And these were like, you know, selling like TCV, like SLA agreements. You know, they were putting people, servers, on-prem solutions. This was like back in the golden years. Slowly switched from TCV to ACV to ARR. They scaled revenue to about, called 180 million bucks in ARR, 191 million bucks raised before saying, you know what, going public is the right thing to do. We're in the security space. It gives us credibility. It allows, you know, big logos to have maybe have more trust in us. They're doing that now, growing uh, exp- exponentially well. Charge about $30 per device per year is the right way to think about it. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Patrick Morley. He leads Carbon Black. The company enables customers to defend against the most advanced cyber threats, including malware, ransomware, and non-malware attacks. Patrick, are you ready to take us to the top? Nathan, I am ready. All right. So just to be clear, are you the founder? Are you a brought-in CEO? What's your relationship to the company? Yeah. So I've been with Carbon Black for 10 years. Uh, when I came to Carbon Black, we had uh, 20 employees and a handful of what I would call beta customers. And so I've helped build and scale the company over the last 10 plus years. And I'm really proud of, of what we've built as a company. And we do have, we do have a co-founder here with me as well. That's great. Okay. So, so other folks founded the company. You joined as CEO 10 years ago. That's right. I was brought in, uh, brought in by the venture, by the investors around the table. By, by the way, very typical, happens all the time. So how much had the company raised before they brought you in? Uh, the distant history, I think the company had raised about $24 million okay. uh, uh, before I came on board. And, and w- did you come on board with a round that was contingent upon you leading a CEO? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And how yeah. much was that round and who led it? I should I should know that Nathan, but I do not remember that. Uh, so you weren't like an EIR in the in the firm that led it. No, no, I was not. So so uh, accomplice Jeff Fagnet at accomplice was kind of what I would consider to be the founding investor, and then uh, Maria Serino at four hundred six and uh, Ted Schlein at Sequoia were all. In, and, uh, I came in with them. 
All great folks. Very smart. Okay. Yeah. So you've been there for 10 years. Tell us real quick. We kind of jumped right into the story, but tell us what the company does and how you make money. What's your revenue model? Yeah. So we're a SaaS company. We're a subscription uh, licensing model. So we charge uh, an annual uh, or a, a multi-year uh, subscription uh, for the use of our software. Our software runs on endpoints around the globe. So uh, any device that carries a workload we would help protect those devices. So that could be desktops, laptops, servers, ATMs, gas station pumps, uh, control systems that run nuclear power plants, uh, and so uh, SaaS model. And you know, the core premise of the company is very simple. Uh, we're a cybersecurity company, and the belief of the company is that the battle long-term with the adversary is going to be fought based on data. So we're a company that's all about data. Yep, yep. And give me a general sense. I want to understand if you're playing in the enterprise space or kind of mid-market or SMB. What's the average company paying you per month? Would you say? Yeah, we don't. We don't or per year. Yeah, we don't talk about that. I just give you a sense though. We have 4,300 customers globally. Uh, we have 35 or 36 of the Fortune 100. So we span both large enterprises all the way down to smaller organizations that take the threat very seriously because the whole world's changing cyber. Right? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're reading this morning, obviously, this interview will be really, released later, but that the DNC just, you know, prevented an attack, you know, this morning, it sounds like from, a, from something on their servers and, and their voter registration system. So, no, get it. It's totally necessary. Let me ask you a question. Give, give me, you know, for an audience member listening that needs a service like this, I don't want them to not engage with you because they think they have to pay, you know, two million bucks a year. What's the least amount they can spend to at least start using you? Yeah, the, the way to think about it is we charge about $30 per device per year. So if you're, okay. if you're an enterprise, uh, you're SMB, mid-market enterprise, you have 3,000 endpoints, uh, you can just run that math and get a sense on what you're going to pay us per year. And help me understand exactly what that means. Let's say I'm a startup. I've got 10 people listening to the show right now. That each of those 10 people has a laptop and a cell phone. So is that, tw- is that like 20 devices right there? Or are you talking like servers when you say devices? Yeah, when, uh, we focus primarily on, on Windows, Mac, and Linux devices. Uh, so not IoT devices and not cell devices. Now, the way we think about IoT and about cell is those are, are primarily bridges into the enterprise, but where the adversary wants to get, they want to get on your laptop or they want to get on the server where the intellectual property is, the credit card data is, the PL is. And so we run on those devices, on those laptops, desktops, et cetera. And you can think about us as a surveillance camera where we're running and we're watching everything that happens on each one of those devices. Mm-hmm. Allow you to see the attacker, replay the attack, stop the attacker, obviously, and remediate. Uh, really fast. So Patrick, true or false, your ability to drive expansion revenue is pretty closely tied to, again, the, the, this company that's paying you either hiring more people and then buying them laptops or them just buying more laptops or desktops. It's really laptop and desktop. Yeah, it's twofold. We, from an expansion standpoint, you're thinking about it the right way from, you know, you, you, got, you got your gross retention, you got your net retention. The, the, the way we think about it is I, the company grows in which case they have more laptops, more employees, and we get, uh, you know, we expand. And then yep. the other way is uh, that we add additional uh, services or SKUs uh, to the customer. This customer starts with one of our services and then expands to other services that we offer. We charge on a per-service basis. 
Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, I imagine with over a decade of cohort analysis done and customers to look at and chart, you probably have a pretty good idea of what expansion from year one to year two looks like. Is that 110%, 130%? What does that typically look like year one to year two? Yeah, we do. We obviously do. And we don't, we don't, uh, we don't actually report externally on that. And so okay. as a recent public company, uh, I'm a little cautious about uh, making sure that I, I say here what I say, I say out there. I will tell you that- What have you shared publicly on that? Oh, we've certainly, we've shared uh, that our strategy uh, is exactly what you've articulated, which is uh, we think retention rates and reducing churn and making sure that customer expansion over time is a critical part of our model. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to, I have, I have to ask you quickly. So what is a recently public CEO in the SaaS space when you get outreach from a guy like, you know, Nathan running this, this, this podcast you've never heard of? Why do you say yes to come on? I'm curious. Uh, well, I, I, first you check, I check you out. Um, Good. I'm a big podcast guy, so I love podcasts because I think they're a great way to, to digest and to think about our business. And uh, so I, I listened to uh, a whole bunch of your podcasts and said, hey, Nathan's for real and uh, love to have the opportunity to talk to you. Yeah, okay, good. I was, I was curious if you'd say anything else besides what you told me pre, <laughs> pre-interview. So he's sticking to his story. All right. Uh, yeah. And you talk fast. Which and I, I talk, we're quick. We only have like 10 minutes left here. So um, real quick, you've obviously shared all revenue data, all that you just went public. Where are you at today in terms of ARR? Yeah, so uh, we're, we're just under 200 million in ARR. Company just passed uh, just passed 50 in our last quarter. We just passed 51 million in in revenue uh, and uh, quarterly on a quarterly basis. I think the reason I mentioned that I think that's a good milestone for us. Uh, you know, we're on track. You multiply that by four, we're on track to be over 200 million in revenue on a full quarter on a, on a go forward basis. So we're excited about that. Out of curiosity, when you joined the company about 10 years ago, 11 years ago, what was the run rate? Oh, uh, it was, it was under a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, wow. So you, you really were like, I mean, oh, this yeah. is like nothing yeah. to, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, yeah. 20 plus something employees, a handful of, of what I would consider beta customers. And Patrick, I, that's rare, by the way, I have to tell you, it's very rare. You see the same leadership going, you know, $100,000 a year company to a $200 million a year company. Did you have past experience kind of scaling the upper echelon kind of companies? And that's why you've been able to transition? I, I, I did. I've, I've been fortunate enough to be part of five companies, five teams that have brought companies public. Uh, and I've had the chance to work in companies that are this size and larger, certainly smaller. More of my experiences on the smaller end, but I had the opportunity to work in larger organizations. And, uh, and I, I agree 100% with you that the opportunity to scale from, from 100,000 to 200 million is rare and it's really cool because mm-hmm. you, your pride of ownership is really strong. I'm going to get really, just because, you know, I would say only maybe 5% of the people I interview are, are at kind of at the level you're at AR-wise. I'm going to get really specific on some of these questions. So hopefully audience, you guys can follow along here. Patrick, I tend to see CEOs at your stage change from a a customer-based CAC to dollar-based CAC, right? They've, you know, they'll say something like, I've got to spend a dollar seventy to get a new dollar of ARR. Um, why does that transition happen? And, and is it public? Have you shared what you're at today? Uh, we have not shared what we're at publicly, publicly today. And I think one, fundamentally one of the reasons you get very, very focused on that is from a scale standpoint, you're trying to look at your uh, your, your customer acquisition costs and what your you know, from the go to market side, what it actually costs you for each new dollar that you're bringing in, uh, becomes a big, big focus for companies that at our stage as we're scaling, because you're obviously trying to get, show that you have leverage in the system or productivity, however you want to, you want to call it. 
when did you find yourself though using that verbiage, right? So a lot of, in other words, you probably at some point were saying it costs us a thousand bucks to acquire a $20,000 a year customer. At some point you switched that like a dollar based CAC. I mean, was it a meaningful transition for you and why did that switch happen? Well, I, I, our story is a little bit more complicated than what you, the way you're asking the question. We, the company started as a perpetual company. So we sold perpetual for a number of years, perpetual software licenses in 2013. We switched to a SLA agreements, all that jazz. Yeah. Yeah. And then we switched to a subscription uh, business and, uh, and then, and we were, we were on-prem original offer of the company. We actually deployed our product on-prem and then we made the switch to all cloud. Uh, we're not all cloud yet, but for the, the the lead product offerings are all up on a SaaS multi-tenant platform. And so you can think about three evolutions there and trying to teach the company uh, about CAC and about how they should think about uh, customer acquisition costs, et cetera, really, really important. How long did it take you to get to a million bucks in ARR? Do you remember? I don't. Do, I don't do you, what, what's the earliest milestone you remember? Well, remember, as a, as a, uh, I, I certainly remember when we passed a, a, a million dollars in sales. Look, when we were small, we focused on TCV as opposed to ACV, uh, which I think is very common. What is for, TCV? Uh, total contract value. So, you know, a lot of early stage companies focus on this, which is especially the way you pay your salespeople and it makes you feel bigger because you might sell a three-year deal for you know, a million dollars when it's only $300,000 a year. Uh, so you talk in TCV and you can say, I have a, I have a $20 million TCV company, but total contract value, if you're selling multiple year contracts, then really your company could be $5 million or $7 million, but it makes you feel better. Yeah. Talked early on a lot about TCV. We switched to ACV and then we switched to ARR kind of along our journey. And, Interesting. and I would tell you back, you know, for a company of our age, I think a lot of companies kind of went through that progression, starting on-prem, then moving to the cloud. How much, how much capital raised, but, but not including what you raised on IPO day? 191 million. And how much on IPO day? 160, rough, 160 million. Okay, interesting. Um, take me back to those days that you were kind of deciding, do we go public, do we stay private? There's a lot of people arguing now that there's so much wealth kind of in the world that you can actually really IPO, but actually still stay private, avoid all the regulatory you know, things with being public. Why did you decide to make that move? Yeah, we, we, we took it very seriously. I, I said from the beginning when I got here, we were building a company for the long term. Uh, cybersecurity is a competitive. We think we're still very early in this market. Uh, and the opportunity to build a billion dollar company is in front of us. That's what we're focused on. And we always said going public would be a step along the way. And it was just about the timing when we would do it. And I, I think for for companies like Carbon Black, you know, you get the brand equity of going public and you also, obviously you get the capital and then you get access to the public markets. And we're, you know, our focus is on organic growth right now, but we have acquired in the past. Uh, and if, if we so choose in the future, you know, access to public markets is a good thing. How do you resist the urge? You know, there's a lot of folks that go public and it becomes very difficult to resist the urge to financially engineer growth, right? You know, you know, arbitrage plays where you acquire at a, at a ratio that, you know, when you get that revenue and you're on your books that the public markets are going to value it at a higher, you know, multiple than what you acquired it for. And then you kind of grow value that way. How do you, how do you resist the urge to like do that every day? Cause there's tons of arbitrage out there. And the counter to that is when do you give into that urge? Because it makes so much strategic sense. You have to do it. Yeah, I, look, I've seen what exactly what you've described. I've seen it in past lives, uh, and uh, I, I don't want to. 
I don't want to uh, be too uh, off the cuff and just say, oh, we would, you know, we would, we don't even think that way. We don't yet. We haven't. Uh, and I think some of it's because we're still, we're still early as an IPO company. And, and frankly, we're trying to build for the long term. So if May, right? May 2018 was IPO date? Yeah, 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 May of 2018. So we're still early and, and look, we're building something for the long term. If you keep the team focused on saying we're going to build the right product long term, then you have a product strategy and you go against that product strategy as opposed to building something for revenue. Yep. $1.57 billion market cap today. Are you overvalued or undervalued? Uh, the market has assigned a value to us and, and uh, that's what... <laughs> Such, he, that, that's the only answer he can give to that question, folks. <laughs> Patrick, before we wrap up with the famous five, you listen to the show. Um, you know a lot. I just don't probably even know what to ask about. You, you know, knowing my audience is SaaS folks, anything that you want to add that I have not asked about you think is really critical to scaling a SaaS company to 200 million bucks in ARR? Yeah, I think, well, look, I, you touched on it a little bit uh, and I'm not sure we have it hundred percent right, but one of the things we try, we have tried to do is to educate our employees and our teams on what's, what the important metrics are for the company. And I, again, as you get larger, it's, it gets perhaps harder to do that, but we really try and do that. And uh, because I think it's important that everyone understand what kind of makes it, what makes a business go. Uh, Just give me your top three right now, top three metrics you're really honing in on. Well, uh, we, we in, internally the company, obviously we're focused on growth and we focused heavily on, on ARR and recurring revenue. We pull those two apart. Uh, we certainly talk a lot about retention and churn internally with the company. We think that's critical. And then gross margins. As a cloud company, a lot of people don't talk enough, in our opinion, about gross margins. Obviously, gross margins are really, really important for internal employees to understand. Yep. And guys, you can look up this data. I'm not pushing him on what his actual metrics are because again, they're public. These are released in the, in the quarterly calls. You can go look those up. Carbon Black, Yahoo Finance. Patrick, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Built to Last. Classic. It is. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, I'm, I'm watching what's going on at Microsoft. I think it's really, really the transformation that's going on over there and the ability to do that at a company at that size is amazing. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for scaling the business? Uh, my favorite online tool, it's not a tool, it's HBR. <laughs> HBR and I listen to HBR and I, I, I read HBR. Are you a Harvard grad? I, I'm not, no. Oh, okay, okay, good. When you say HBR, you mean Harvard Business Review? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They got great. They got great podcasts. Not, not as maybe not as good as yours, but they have great podcasts and they've got some great. Ah, uh, you don't have to be. You don't have to be nice to me. You can tell it to me, honest. If your true loyalty is over there, I'll just never have you back <laughs> on again. Right? No, just, <laughs> just kidding. All right, number four. How many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, seven. And what's your situation? Married, single, kiddos? Uh, married. I have two adult children. Oh wow. Okay. And how old are you, Patrick? Uh, fifty-two. Last question. What do you wish your twenty-year-old self knew? Uh, the, the, the power of, of, of persistence and, uh, the power of, of, of what you can get if you, you align great people on a common, a common journey, uh, how cool it is, how cool the experience is. It's power of persistence. Carbon Black launched over a decade ago. He joined the team about 10 years ago when they were only doing about a hundred grand in ARR. And these were like, you know, selling like TCV, like SLA agreements. You know, they were putting people, servers, on-prem solutions. This was like back in the golden years. Slowly switched from TCV to ACV to ARR. They scaled revenue to about, called 180 million bucks in ARR, 191 million bucks raised before saying, you know what? 
going public is the right thing to do. We're in the security space. It gives us credibility. It allows you know, big logos to have maybe have more trust in us. They're doing that now, growing uh, exp- exponentially. Well, charge about $30 per device per year is the right way to think about it. Patrick, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Nathan, thanks so much for allowing me to join you.